This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. We're Mel and Mike, you're backstage, and that, my friends, <laughs> is the sound of these two fully yeah. vaccinated theatre nerds back in the studio together. Oh, so good. That's right. At level three, step two, we are finally allowed vaccinated content creators in the Free FM studio. So Mel and I, first cabs off the rank, jumped at the opportunity to not only amp up the audio quality, but just to spend a bit of quality time actually face-to-face having conversations and just somebody that isn't our wives, really. <laughs> And I don't mean that to sound bad. No, no, it's not that our wives aren't wonderful, but boy, does this feel good. 
And if you missed it last week, well, I had everything you probably never really wanted to know about the historic musical My Fair Lady and strongly recommend you go back and check it out if you missed it. We also debuted a new segment <laughs> to the show. We called it the Actors Studio, which I think actually on balance came out really quite fun. Oh, yeah. I think you did some really cool stuff with it in terms of all that extra sound stuff. I just tried. To I thought create, it was really fun. Create a bit of ambiance. But if you missed any of that, head over to your favourite podcast streaming app to uh, relive our amazing American accents and our, <laughs> our acting debut on Backstage. And uh, you can rate us if you want. I don't care. Oh, we'll have more. You wait. Yeah, we will do Actors Studio again. It's going to be one of those occasional regular, semi-regular, as the mood takes us kind of events. I think so, yeah. We don't want to oversaturate, you no. know? No. Musical of the week today is Anastasia. Uh, that's based on the film of the same name from the 90s. I will tell you all about that in a little while. But first, we welcome back a backstage repeat offender who enticed us with a little sneaky surprise announcement. Jeff Turkington is the hard-working general manager for the Hamilton Gardens Arts Festival and he has uh, very recently, in fact just last weekend, uh, put the lid on a successful crowdfunding campaign to help bring the festival uh, to life in 2022. Congratulations, Jeff, and welcome once again to Backstage. Thanks for joining us. Uh, absolutely. Was it ever in doubt that you would reach that target, do you think? Oh, gosh, that's, uh, um, who knows? It's the first time that we attempted a... Um uh, a crowdfunding campaign like this, so we really didn't know what sort of response we get. But uh, we've been absolutely overwhelmed um, with the with the response that we had received. Our original target of twenty thousand, we did we, we reached towards the end of last week, and then um, we decided to extend it by another ten thousand dollars, just because um, you know the more money the better. Yeah. And um, and over the weekend, we finally closed at twenty five thousand one hundred seventy nine dollars, which is a phenomenal um, investment by our community um, into the event and with uh, 247 donors uh, a lot of them had left some beautiful messages of um, just sort of I was going um, to ask you about that because it's one thing to get the money but I'm sure that you would have had a lot of messages of support from people oh absolutely and when you kind of spent the entire eight, last 18 months sort of trying to dodge bullets and um, fighting for the, to save the festival site fighting to be able to support artists who are losing their company right and centre it does kind of wear you down a little bit so to actually get some positive reinforcements like that from the community reminds us why we're doing this so um, it actually really did have a multiple prong effect on our, our morale as well Are you able to tell from the messaging what the motivation was for people saying that they were putting their hands in their pockets? I think generally they're just saying look keep up the great work we can't lose this it's a highlight of the year for them um, yeah so just generally it was very broad um, but the general consensus that you know the large part of our community really do of a festival community uh, is you know, this is a, an important event to them every year and when we bring into the region work that you would never see here otherwise and a lot of our work is really quite important but most importantly at the moment in a COVID world where we're sort of living in so much um, uncertainty um, and pressure is that we've really been focused again like this year but again for our lineup for next year is a program that's going to make people feel good um, and we want people we want to create life memories that, um, that people walk away going well you know in all these troubled times wasn't that just a beautiful experience that we got to share with other people but you know so there's nothing like uh, the performing arts where you've got people live exposing themselves for want of a better 
has this whole collective energy that is really quite special that you can't replicate online or with movies or with television. So, um, you can't replicate it, and I think we talked about this last time, is that it's not just a festival that is for theatre makers and, and those of us that are in the community year in, year out. But it's, you know, it's for everyone. It's for people living in the area. It is, like you say, it's a highlight to the summer programme in Hamilton, and it brings heaps of people from out of town. Uh, the community loves it. I'm so happy that... The, you guys did it. I'm so proud of you, Jeff. <laughs> Look, I can't take all the credit for this. Um, you know, realistically, the um, you know when we played a couple of months ago, a hundred fifty thousand dollar deficit just to get the you know the base festival over the line. Um, it really was our chairman, Chris Williams. He was just being a machine. Uh, my colleague uh, uh, Nick Walsh, who's a publicist and uh, co-programmer, he's just he was the one that really focused on the crowdfunding campaign. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of work to be mm. able to manage a campaign like this. It's not just a case of putting it online and expecting people to, you know, donate. You've got to really, really keep, keep it out. You've got to get on the phone and you've got to talk to other organisations to help share the posts and endorse, you know, and endorse the campaign. It's, um, you know, it's a big job. And right now, when we're right on deadline for getting our programme to print, you know, it was an additional burden of work that perhaps wasn't that welcome, but the outcome from it has made it all worthwhile. Mm, absolutely. Really good news. So the breaks are off now, definitely all go. Well, COVID permitting, absolutely. So now well, our next challenge, of course, is waiting to learn more about the red light, uh, sorry, the traffic light system, yeah. and what that full impact will be like, would be for us. Um, but, you know, we go, we, all you can do is baby steps, one challenge at a time, <laughs> yeah. and we will we'll work around it. The good news about this crowdfunding campaign, though, is that when we looked at stripping the whole festival back to bare bones, the one thing that we had to cut was a lot of the free and live parts of the festival, which is like all the local bands that we support on the um, stage of enlightenment and the, and the grassroots uh, trust festival hub uh, from five o'clock to close every night. A lot of the roaming entertainment had to be cancelled. By getting this crowdfunding, now, this now all been reinserted. So, um, and that's what makes our festival really special is the fact that anybody can just turn up um, at the festival. You don't need to go and see a ticketed show. You just turn up any night and just enjoy the food, the ambience, the live entertainment, watch the sunset and the, and the magical setting of Hamilton Gardens. It really is quite special. You don't need to spend any money to enjoy the festival. Yeah, I remember you talking about the, the uh, free aspects of the festival uh, last time we spoke. Yeah. What can you tell us now, and I know we're jumping the gun a little bit, but we're kind of going to twist your arm here and ask what you can tell <laughs> us about the program for 2022 in terms of, well, maybe for you one of the highlights or something that you can tease us with to say this is definitely on? Well, it's, it's been a moving feast. Even up to yesterday we had a show cancelled because of implications of cast not being able to get together to, to rehearse and et cetera. But then, coincidentally, at the same time, we had a, I got an email from an app from Australia that will actually be here in New Zealand, just wondering if there was an opportunity to slip in. And very last minute, we managed to be able to swap one show with another just as we're about to go to print. Wow. We don't normally disclose the contents of the program, but I actually say I'm pretty proud of what we are presenting next year. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty bold wee program, and it's... Um, um, and very broad in content, and uh, I know it sounds a little cliche, but we're very hopeful that there's something there for, for everyone. Um, um, but I am quite excited to advise that uh, at the end of this week, we will be doing a pre-sale 
excellent. That stars Tammy Nelson, who who was a huge success this year. Lawton Cora, an old friend of mine, and he's been involved festival years ago. Milan Boric from Pluto and Booger Beasley from Hit Like a Hole. Um, it also has full backup band um, of the phenomenal big band Royale. And on the rhododendron lawn at the sunset, this promises to be one rocking good night. So um, very, very excited to be able to present Excellent. It's solely out at the Civic Theatre in Auckland at the beginning of the year. And it's taken an enormous amount of work to get such a large um, company um, to be available on a single date in February with such a lineup like that. And they're doing so because they specifically want to be able to perform as part of the Hamilton Gardens Arts Festival. So we're really, really excited to be able to announce that that will be going on Saturday. Oh, gosh, it was worth making the call to you today just to hear that, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and for every other reason, it's just lovely to talk yeah. to you, too. <laughs> this is icing, <laughs> this is icing on the cake, though. It's really, really cool. That sounds like a, an amazing act. But, yeah, yeah, it's going to be super fun. I'm going to be there. Yeah, and, and, and staying true to Hamilton Gardens, you'll be seeing these artists for at least 30% cheaper than you would anywhere else in New Zealand. Yeah, excellent. I love that. Gosh, we, we can hear the relief in your voice already, Jeff, and, uh, you know, as you said, just COVID-willing and, and understanding the traffic light system, all that sort of stuff, now just seems like extra few hoops you've got to get through, but at least now you know that there's uh, no financial impediment and uh, you, you can go ahead with the plan as you, as you really wanted to see it happen. That's fantastic news. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I just want to say thank you um, to you guys for your ongoing support. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it's a no-brainer for us. Oh, it's our, that's yeah. definitely our pleasure. Definitely. Jeff, <laughs> a, a real pleasure catching up with you again, especially to have such good news to tell us. And, uh, you know, we look forward to hearing more about uh, the program, uh, maybe a little further down the track. Uh, definitely. So we will be launching the Hamilton Gardens Arts Festival 2022 program on the 1st of December. Cool. Looking forward to that. Get oh. some rest, eh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Thank you for your time. Thank you, Jeff. Good to talk to you. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Bye-bye. Well, that was everything I could have hoped it was going to be. Yeah, cool. Thank you, Jeff, uh, for choosing backstage to make that very special announcement. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, I will be there. Oh, yeah, gosh, we can't wait to get my tickets. Even. Do you say early birds next week sometime? End of this yeah, week, I think, Friday. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> Can't wait to get all this traffic light business uh, working as well so we can see you all at the festival next year as well. Now, this is going to be something that I think a lot of organisations and our own, Hamilton Musical Theatre included, is uh, coming to grips with what the intricacies of the whole traffic light system are going to mean in terms of uh, people presenting shows, the venues that they're presented in, and uh, the people who are involved backstage and all that sort of stuff. There's an awful lot to consider with this and not a lot of time to get it in place. It is a literally unprecedented unprecedented situation that we find ourselves in. We could never have imagined forcing people to tell us their vaccination status in order to enter our building. Like, I would just never, never have considered that. And so I think um, not putting aside, you know, corporations and big businesses, little volunteer community theatres, we've got to now tell little kids that they can't be in our shows if they're not vaccinated, which I am actually, you know, I'm pro-vaccination, I'm vaccinated, and I think anyone who can be should be. Um, 
it's just such a hard situation to navigate. It's putting us into new territory in terms of our responsibilities as um, hosts, if you like, of, of events. Yeah. And maybe it's just, well, I don't want to say maybe it's definitely something we have to come to terms with and have to find our place in it. And yeah. I'm sure that each individual uh, community theatre and other organisation is going to find their own way with it. And once we know also uh, how things like vaccination QR codes are going to be read, uh, what devices are going to be used for that, and uh, and being sure that that information is kept confidential, secure, that it's going to be yeah. reliable, that we're able to make sure that we cover all the things that we should from a legal standpoint, all that sort of stuff will come out. But at this early stage, there's a lot of unanswered questions there. Yeah, and I think the questions slowly, like as as time passes, more and more of those get answered. Um, you know, I heard this week that we should be looking at the traffic light system mid-January, uh, which does help inform some, I assume, decisions for multiple organisations. But it's the it's this muckiness right now, mm. you know, in the transition phases. Uh, and for us specifically, the productions where uh, those who auditioned didn't sign up to audition under vaccination requirements. I've had that and, situation pop up twice for me yeah. with auditions that I've either been to or got coming up where it's a late addition to the uh, to the form. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, we're reacting as best we can according to new information coming. Yeah. But how many times a day do you hear people saying, I wish I knew when, blah, 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 or how long are we going to be, whatever. Yeah. And those are the ongoing questions that we all face at the moment. There are no answers, and everybody knows that, but the rhetoric questions still pop up in your head. I wonder how much <laughs> yeah. more of this we can take. <laughs> yeah. And you can understand why people get weary, why they become fed up, yep. why they become sometimes a bit disillusioned, and, and why they question authority but um you know so many times people have said these 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 times are un unprecedented in, in our lifetime my grandparents mm. you know, might have experienced the 1918 flu epidemic as children yeah their version of this yeah but that was two generations ago when they were kids now i'm an adult facing something um and trying to be a leader as much as I can in the organisations I'm involved in yeah. to say, look, have confidence. We can move forward with these things. Let's just make sure we're dealing f with good information. Make sure we're making the right choices for the right reasons. Yeah, well, and you mentioned something sort of before we got into things today about sort of comparing it to things that we have gotten used to. You know, this is a bit before my time, but at once upon a time, you used to be able to smoke cigarettes inside buildings, mm. nightclubs, and trains and planes trains, and buses, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere, yep. literally everywhere. And then one day, the government, for the best of the majority of people, said, this, this shouldn't be allowed anymore. And so they outlawed it, essentially. And while there was uproar from some smokers, I suppose, uh, people just got used to it. Yep. And they and they, you know, it ended up not being a big deal. I'm old enough to remember that, Melon. And as a former smoker, I remember what it was like. You just went every, you know, everybody offered a cigarette wherever you went. But we very quickly came to realise that these were decisions decisions made for public health reasons, for the, all the right reasons, and yep. it was sound judgment. Yeah. So we went for it, and people stopped asking the questions. Oh, why are you doing this? That disappeared pretty quickly, and I imagine that we will come to terms with how vaccinations fit within all of that paradigm as well. But we are talking 
talking uh, about something a little bit bigger in terms of what we face as people in governance roles with our um, performing organisations. We've got to make policies that will stand the test of time, will meet all the obligations we will have from a, a civic and a, a, uh, from a, a legal perspective and do the right thing for all of the people who either are involved in shows or coming to see shows. And that's quite a big ask. But, it's a massive ask. You know, the will is there. I think we can do it. I think we can too. And I think it's actually only a matter of, I mean, you could say this of any situation, you crash your car, you fall off your bike, you get back up and you, you keep going. Uh, we are resilient beings, us humans, mm-hmm. and we will just keep carrying on. But anyway, yeah. enough of that. We've got a good positive attitude anyway about all of that. I'm sure these are subjects we're going to come back to again and again and again over the coming weeks. But don't go anywhere for now because our musical of the week is just around the corner.
musical of the week, Anastasia, Journey to the Past, performed by Christy Altamere from the original Broadway cast. Well, I've obviously heard of the original animated movie, mm-hmm. uh, but I, you know, this musical, where did that come from? I don't know anything about it. So mm-hmm. since we're on the subject, I'm just going to vacate the floor here. And you can give us everything you've got, Mel. Vacate, you reckon. All right, I'm standing aside. Okay, so before we get into the real goods, it's probably important for me to start with the fact that while it is based on the original animated musical from 1997, uh, it only kept maybe six songs from the movie and added 16 new numbers. So they'll keep the best parts of the movie, uh, but it really is an entirely new musical. So they've really just taken the movie as being inspiration to create I think, something I mean, a bit different? Yeah, and well, I think they did, you know, what like the Hunchback Hunchback of Notre Dame did you know you take the best songs the ones that the fans need to get on board and then you can usually do whatever you like as long as you keep within the realm of the story alright carry on I think (laughs) Uh, so in 1918, St. Petersburg, the Dowager Empress Maria Fyodorovna comforts her youngest granddaughter, five-year-old Grand Duchess Anastasia, who is saddened by the fact that her grandmother is moving to Paris. Before leaving, the Dowager gives Anastasia a music box as a parting gift. Nine years later, Anastasia is attending a ball with her family when the Bolsheviks invade the palace. As the Romanovs, so she's Anastasia Romanov, as the Romanovs attempt to escape, Anastasia tries to retrieve her music box, only to be shot at and captured along with the rest of her family. The Dowager later receives word in Paris that the entire family has been executed. Ten years later, Gleb Vaganov, a general for the Bolsheviks who now control Russia, announces that the now poor St. Petersburg has been renamed Leningrad, promising a bright and peaceful future. The Russians protest this change but are uplifted by a rumour that Anastasia actually might have survived the Bolsheviks' attacks. Two wanted conmen, the handsome Dmitri, I think the, the description handsome is important, hence why it's there. Uh, two, he's, so he's the hero then? He's the handsome okay. one, yeah, yeah. So two wanted conmen, the handsome Dmitri and his friend Vlad, they hear rumours and brainstorm the, quote, biggest con in history. They will groom a naive girl to become Anastasia in order to s- extract money from the dowager. They hold unsuccessful auditions for the scheme and as they're about to give up hope of finding a suitable imposter, a street sweeper named Anya walks in. They become fascinated as Anya explains that she doesn't remember who she is due to amnesia and she has very few memories of her past. Amazed by her memory loss and her resemblance to Anastasia, they select Anya as their imposter and groom her to become Anastasia through history, dining and dancing lessons. General Gleb eventually orders Anya's arrest and and warns her about the consequences of pretending to be Anastasia. Also, he knows that she's got involved in this plan i th- i think so yeah well because everyone believes that anastasia's dead right so she couldn't possibly be the real but anastasia. Gen- general gleb obviously has heard that this con is in the process of being organized and that anya somehow got involved i uh, yeah i think right. so so he's giving her a warning yeah okay just just catching up with the narrative here <laughs> <laughs> so he tries to convince her that and what well, he that anastasia is really dead revealing that his father was one of the soldiers who shot the romanovs Ooh. As a boy, Gleb heard the gunshots and the family screams. He does muse, though, that Anya has Romanov eyes and could indeed be Anastasia. So we discover that Gleb harbours feelings for Anya. He lets her go with the, with that warning. Okay. 
After a, a reunion after that between Anya and Dimitri and a fight with old con partners, Dimitri opens up to Anya for the first time. He tells her about his childhood in the streets of St. Petersburg and he shows her a music box. Oh my God. That he's never been able to open. Unaware it's the memento that was given to Anastasia by the Dowager Empress. Anya takes the music box, easily winds it, opens it, and begins to vaguely remember her past, making her more resolute than ever to get to Paris. Oh my gosh, who could have seen this happening? <laughs> how? How? How could this happen? Oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> We're not even first through the first act I yet. I know, this is so exciting. Carry on. So during the train ride to Paris, Anya, Dimitri, and his mate Vlad reflect on what they hope to accomplish in Paris. Anya is hoping to discover that she actually is Anastasia. Dimitri is, obviously he wants money, that's the whole why the whole con came about. And Vlad is hoping to win back his lady friend who he was having an affair with, and she's a lady-in-waiting of the Dowager uh, Empress. All right, so there's still another tie back. To yeah, the, there's to more the characters okay. and a bit more going on, yeah. Cool. Yep. So I'm, I'm just giving you the key points. No, these are great key points. Keep them coming. Okay, cool. So during that tray ride, um, they reflect, but before they make it to Paris... Uh, police officers jump on the train trying to apprehend the three of them because they're wanted criminals in Russia but they narrowly avoid being captured and make it to Paris intermission intermission well, I think they you need to take a breath about that <laughs> apparently it's quite long oh, we'll talk about that soon as well but sure. yeah. um, as Act 2 opens Anya, Vlad and Dimitri are arriving in Paris they're swept up obviously by the sights and sounds of the city when Vlad and Dimitri go off on their own Anya visits the Pont Alexandre III bridge named after Anastasia's grandfather and she feels a, a strong connection to this bridge now a bitterly elderly woman, the Dowager Empress Marie Fyodorovna, reads the letters of various Anastasia impersonators and, heartbroken, gives up hopes of finding the real Anastasia. As Gleb arrives in Paris after Anya, uh, Vlad's lady friend Lily parties at the Neva Club where rich and noble Russians reminisce about the old Russia. Lily is reunited with Vlad and the two rekindle their scandalous romance through which Vlad is able to convince Lily to help Anya meet the Dowager Empress at the ballet the next week. I think I'm up with the play. Yep. Yeah, you're with me? Yep. Um, so we're trying to get the, the Dowager and Anastasia in the same place essentially right, as, she as we were recognise her, for sure. We think so, yeah. yeah. The evening before the ballet, Anya has a nightmare about the execution of the Romanovs. Dimitri comforts her and recounts the story of how he bowed to Anastasia at a parade as a young boy. Anya vividly remembers this moment, and the two realise that Anya is actually the Grand Duchess Anastasia. At last! So we've the finally, truth is out there. <laughs> we've finally got confirmation. At the ballet... Vlad sees Anya and Dimitri falling in love, knowing that the two actually can't ever be together if she is discovered as the real Anastasia and goes back to her family. During the performance of Swan Lake, Anya sees the Dowager Empress and remembers her, but the Dowager isn't convinced that Anya is Anastasia oh, yet. Really? She's still. Okay. I thought she would recognise her straight away. Not straight away. Yeah. So. The Dowager's not convinced. Dimitri and Gleb, who is still convict conflicted about whether or not to shoot Anya, because he's been sent to Paris to oh, kill her. Th okay. That's yeah. his thing. 
uh, and they are all reflecting on their feelings during the swan, that performance of Swan Lake. From there, it all really happens as you would expect. Uh, Anya finds out that Dimitri was originally driven by money, and so she's furious, but then she finds out that he was doing it for love, and so now she forgives him. <laughs> uh, General Gleb lets love win and sees him let his love set his love free. Uh, the Dowager eventually admits that Anya is her granddaughter and that grief had turned her into an awful old lady. Uh, and then Dimitri and Anya leave Paris as the spirits of Anya's ancestors celebrate the life that the couple will have together. This is so good. It's pretty good. I eh? mean, I sound like I've been taking the piss all the way through, but actually that's a really good, really good convoluted story. Lots of little bits. Yeah. Sort of leave you wondering a little bit along the way. When and, we talked and, about this. Yeah. When we talked about um, Great Comet, the Russian, that Russian storytelling thing with all the different people. and I was just going to touch on that too, because yeah, the fact that it's Russian history is just makes it all that, for a lot of us in the Western society, makes it seem really exotic and, and wonderfully compelling as well. Yeah, super I think it's got rich. everything going for it. It really does. Uh, it sounds, I mean, and the music's beautiful. Um, I've been listening to it this week, and yeah, the soundtrack is beautiful. Uh, but we will talk about what the critics thought. Okay, but when was this production created? Because how old's the movie? It's not that old. The it? original animated film was released in 1997. Oh, gosh. So it I is, was... It I is was, that old thing. I was 10. I was 10 when it came 25 out. 25 years ago. Gosh. Yeah, it's one of the movies of my childhood. Mm. So the musical, with music and lyrics by Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty, and a book by Terence McNally, had its original reading in 2012 in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, that featured Kelly Barrett as Anya, Aaron Tveit as Dimitri, Patrick Page as Vlad, and Angela Lansbury as the Dowager Empress. Oh my gosh, what a cast. What I wouldn't do to see that cast. Yeah. Uh, a further workshop was held three years later in 2015 in New York, and that cast included Elena Shadow as Anya, Ramin Karimlu as Gleb Vaganov, which is a new role, and Douglas Sills as Vlad, again, stunning cast. The musical then opened officially on Broadway two years after that in March of 2017, featuring most of the original Hartford principal cast. Right. That production was met, like I've mentioned a few times, with mixed reviews by critics, citing uneven subplots and an overly long running time as its primary issues. That production closed in March of 2019 after 808 regular performances and 34 previews. I can understand mixed reviews and and some quibbles about the complexity of the subplots and so on. I think it comes with that kind of show, with that kind of convoluted storyline. You've got to be careful that the subplots don't become bigger than they need to be because that swamps the main narrative of the whole thing, and that's possibly what people reacted to. I think that's the struggle with those Russian, you know, because people loved that about um, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet. Yeah, but they obviously don't love it about. This one, so I mean, what's the what? Where is the line? Makes me just wonder though, was it that particular production's problem that they made too much of those things, or is it actually endemic in the in the way the story, the whole story is structured? Yeah, it hasn't had a revival yet, so it's hard to say. But very possibly, it was that production. It yeah. did quite well overseas. Um, overseas from America. Because you're talking to also here about that original cast from Hartford, Connecticut, you know, mm. Aaron Tveit, uh, Patrick Page, Angela Lansbury, and, and Kelly Barrett. You couldn't say that, that would be poor performances with a lineup like that. Those, no way. those are people at the top of their game. And I would say they've probably done their very, very best with the, with the uh, material at hand. I wonder if. Uh, 
um, you know, if it hasn't yet been revived, whether it will go through much revision before the revival happens. I would say that's a, a high possibility. I mean, I'll talk very shortly about all of the productions that were cancelled due to COVID. So I sure. think it is still a well-loved production that will has still got legs and will, we will continue to see it on Broadway stages, on professional stages. In time to come. Yeah, yeah. in time to come. All right, what else you got? Uh, so what else do I have? Uh, the first European staging opened in October of 2018 at the Coliseum Theatre in Madrid. That played 556 performances and ended in 2020 when performances were suspended due to COVID. A North America tour also began in October of 2018. That opened at the Proctor's Theatre in, oh, I don't know how to say this, State of New York. <laughs> It is. In Schnenactity, New York, and closed in March of 2020 at the Walton Arts Centre in Fayetteville, when again performances were suspended due to COVID-19. That's a two-year run otherwise, though, isn't it? Uh, Well, a year and a half. Yeah, they they were still pretty pretty decent runs. For a touring production, that's pretty good. It's encouraging that you can see these productions would have kept running had they not been shut down by the pandemic. I mean, the same happened for a German production that ran from 2018 to 2019 at the Stage Palladium Theatre in Stuttgart. A Dutch production officially opened in September 2019 at the AFAS Circus Theatre in the Netherlands. Milan van Waldenberg as Dimitri transferred from the German production to the Dutch production, which made him the first actor to play the role of Dimitri in two different countries and languages. Cool. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. But of course, in March 2020, performances were suspended due to COVID-19. Further foreign language productions were planned in both Mexico and Japan. Also, they've been halted indefinitely to, due to COVID. So to put a cap on Musical of the Week for another episode... I have got the thoughts of these theatre critics on Anastasia. So, the Broadway production was met, like I've mentioned several times, with mixed to positive reviews. The Hollywood Reporter reviewer, David Rooney, wrote, The seamlessness and storytelling economy of that opening sequence is quite impressive, deftly handling the ambiguity surrounding Anastasia's fate while her family is murdered by revolutionaries. But the long first act gets bogged down, and while Aaron's and Flaherty certainly know how to craft a narrative-driven song, the music is more often serviceable than inspired. McNally's book dutifully follows the Disney princess model. The second act picks up considerably with the 1927 move to Paris. Okay, I think that's a very considered comment, and I would take, uh, if I was producing a show like that, I would take a lot of it out of that. Me too. You mm-hmm. could probably cut a lot of the fat off it. Yep. Uh, ben Brantley, reviewed for the New York Times, wrote, The show trembles non-stop with internal conflicts during its drawn-out two and a half hours. Part of the source of its malaise may be detected in a conspicuous credit below the title in the program that reads, Inspired by the 20th Century Fox motion picture. Anastasia may well tap into the dewy-eyed demographic that made Wicked such an indestructible favourite of female adolescents. Those without such nostalgic insulation are likely to find Anastasia a chore. Bloody (laughs) periods of history, like the Russian Revolution, do not naturally lend themselves to perky song and dance. (laughs) Sounds like a bit of a grump, doesn't he? I don't think he enjoyed it very much. a gentleman of a certain age, obviously not an adolescent female. (laughs) And I, that, ladies and gents, and non-binary friends, is all she had to say about that. Oh, yeah, she said plenty. That was great. So much. Yeah. Um, nice and concise, though, Mel. And I'm intrigued. It's worth I, a listen. I, I'm a fan of the whole sort of Russian history thing because mm. they, they have so much 
food for thought in there and so much um, opportunity to really create some amazing characters. I mean, Chekhov did it for years with his plays. Yeah, that's right. Very convoluted and very um, intricate relationships and uh, subplots and people's unspoken agendas and things like that. Yeah. So I could imagine that was a story like Anastasia, if you really wanted to direct it that way, you could milk that for all it's worth, but it could run the risk of it becoming quite slow. And even yeah. add in some songs and things as well, maybe one or two that maybe didn't need to be there. But um, I can see this particular show possibly being revived, as I said before, with some major or significant tweaks to it to get that first act running better. I think so. I don't think it's lost its relevance yet. Nice. It's not one of those ones that is sort of just aged out. And, you know, if you saw the film, you would want to come and see it, wouldn't you? I think you would. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's one of those it's one of the films of my childhood, so my generation's childhood. Well, from what I've heard today, and also your recommendation, I think I'll have a listen to the whole soundtrack and just make sure I am up with it. But it sounds yeah, pretty I good. Do. Yeah, I'm quite impressed. Stay right there. We're going to be right back in a moment with what's coming up around the place, as we always put it, soonish. <laughs> a new Russia that will be the envy of all the world. The Tsar's St. Petersburg is now the people's Leningrad. They can call it Leningrad, but it will always be Petersburg. New name, same empty stomachs. They tell us times are better. Well, I say they're not. Can cook an empty promise in an empty pot. A brighter day is dawning, it's almost at hand. The skies are gray, the walls have ears, and he who argues disappears. Hail our brave new is equal. Professors push the brooms. Two dozen total strangers live in two small rooms. You hold a revolution, and here's the price you pay. did not survive. One daughter may be still alive. The princess Anastasia. But please do not repeat. It's a rumor, a legend, a mystery. Something whispered in an alleyway or through a crack. It's a rumor that's part of our history. They say her royal grandmama will pay a royal sum to someone who can bring the princess back. Give me a dream. They've closed another border. We should have gotten out of Russia while we still could. St. Petersburg was lovely when royalty was in. I called myself a count as though I'd always been. I hobnobbed with the royals, but then a change of luck. The czar was dead, the royals fled, and comrade, now we're stuck. Vlad, I've been thinking about the Princess Anastasia. Oh, not you too, Dimitri! It's the rumor, the legend, the mystery. 
It's the Princess Anastasia who will help us fly. You and I, friend, will go down in history. We'll find a girl to play the part and teach her what to say. Dress her up and take her to Paris. Imagine the reward her dear old grandmama would pay. Who else could pull it off but you and me? It was a truck backfiring, comrade. That's all it was. Those days are over, neighbor against neighbor. There's nothing to be afraid of anymore. You're shaking. There's a tea shop just steps from here. Let me... Thank you. What's your hurry? I can't lose this job. They're not easy to come by. But thank you. I'm here every day. For this painting, it's Romanov, I swear. Count Yusupov's pajamas, comrade, by the pair. I found this in a palace, initialed with an A. It could be Anastasia's, now what will someone play? We need something of hers to show the old lady. How much is that music box? Ah, the music box. It's genuine Romanov. I could never part with it. Two cans of beans, comrade? Done. Do you believe in fairy tales, Vlad? Once upon a time, I did. We are going to create a fairy tale the whole world will believe. Now it's risky, but not more than usual. We'll need papers, we'll need tickets, we'll need nerves of steel. Yes, it's risky, a lot more than usual. We'll try to cross the border with our princess and our plot. Hopefully, disaster won't ensue. With luck, it all goes smoothly. And with luck, we won't be shot. Who else can pull it off but me and you? We'll be rich. We'll be rich. We'll be out. We'll be out. And St. Petersburg will have some more to talk about. The biggest con in history The Princess Anastasia St. Petersburg from Musical of the Week Anastasia. You're backstage with Mel and Mike. Thank you to our friends at Free FM and Creative Waikato for making indeed. sure we get here. Yeah, unfortunately with a load of lost rehearsal time there have been cancellations and, post- and postponements everywhere. So here's what we know of still coming up around the place between now and the end of the year. We hope in the weeks to come we'll be adding to this rather than taking stuff off anyway. Yeah, we're keeping our fingers crossed though. The the months and weeks are slowly ticking by. At the Meteor, Little Shop of Horrors is being presented by the Wintech Performing Arts students. That's on stage, hopefully, uh, from November 25th to the 27th. Can't wait to see that. And it's me too. I love Little Shop. Uh, and we're still keeping our fingers crossed for assassins hopefully hitting the stage on and from december 10th to the 18th mti's all together now the show celebrating everything that's good about broadway and musicals and so on is hitting the stage from this friday in morrinsville from friday the 12th through to the 15th thames music and drama have it also from the same dates and tauranga musical theater are running theirs from november the 12th to the 14th 
Also on Tauranga at the 16th Avenue Theatre, Swingers by April Phillips is directed by Merv Beats. That goes to stage on the 26th of November and runs until the 10th of December. And the Detour Theatre in Tauranga have Sherlock Holmes, The Adventure of the Speckled Band. That's opening on the 18th of November and running through to the 4th of December. Theatre Whakatane have uh, Mystery on the Orient Express. That's running November 17th to the 27th. I can't believe we're talking about stuff happening in November already, but it is November. You know, it is November. Away. I can't believe how short that list was. I feel yeah. so sad about it. We normally have quite a bit to say about stuff coming up soonish. Like I said, I hope we will be adding to the list of the weeks to come. That's right. Upcoming auditions and opportunities, though. The Sherpa and the Beekeeper, written and directed by Matt Cambick, tells the story of the very first summiting of Mount Everest. If you'd like to audition for the roles of Edmund Hillary or Tenzing Norgay, look up The Sherpa and the Beekeeper on Facebook. I think it would be a heck of a good experience to do it. Oh, set at the summit of Everest tells a really important story of class and race and... Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it tells. A, I can't really ruin it too much, but yeah, it's it's important. Work. I'd love to see it happen. Mm, mm. Me too. Hamilton Playbox are still hopefully holding their auditions for the April season of Geezers by Tommy Lee Johnston. That's directed by our Mike Williams, and they are auditioning on November the 21st. Check out the Hamilton Playbox Facebook page for audition details. Hamilton Musical Theatre are auditioning for their May season of Blood Brothers on December the 5th and 6th. If you haven't yet booked your audition, do so. Follow the Facebook page for details on how to book there. Rivoli Theatre are seeking expressions of interest from anyone keen to be on the creative team for their 22 Christmas season of Saturday Night Fever. Look Rivoli Theatre up on Facebook for more information. Sounds like you're going to be auditioning yourself. (laughs) Rotorua Musical Theatre also looking for creative team expressions of interest for their 2022 season of Song Contest, the Almost Eurovision Experience. Check out the Rotorua Musical Theatre Facebook page for more information about that one. Lots of cool opportunities coming up. Don't be put off by COVID. And as always, if there's anything you want us to spread the word about or an announcement you want to make Mm -hmm. or anything you want us to share on Backstage, email us on backstagepodcast nz at gmail.com or just hit us up wherever you may see us just tell us that is all the goods we have for you this week but we'd love to see you join us again next week for another musical of the week we don't know what that'll be just yet but we'll get there I think it's my turn isn't it I think it might be your turn yeah and another jolly good uh, theatre based and theatre related yarn about uh, affairs of state and matters of the heart (laughs) affairs and states of matters of the heart (laughs) it's close enough for me Uh, we are so so grateful to be back in the studio together but we would love even more to be back in the theatre with our friends and our communities so until then we will be continuing to encourage you and our friends and our families to get vaccinated and we'll be looking for anything and everything theatre related as Mike says uh, all matters and affairs of, uh, oh god that was too good I can't repeat it uh, stay safe out there and stay classy theatre oh, it's nerds. been so good live in the studio again uh, from the bottom of our hearts thank you to Free FM for hosting us terrific hosts and thanks to Creative Waikato for sponsoring us thank you for coming back week after week after week after week after week after week don't forget to catch backstage wherever you get your podcasts we can be found on accessmedia.nz Spotify Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio among others among others uh, head over to Instagram where I will be sharing today's episode plus musical of the week on our story I have been Mal he's been Mike and you've been backstage uh, keep washing your hands and stay classy theatre nerds and 
and keep scanning those QR codes. Right, today we are going to head out the door with the somewhat problematic Learn to Do It from our musical of the week, Anastasia. See you. How do you become the person you've forgotten you ever were? Take a deep breath. Close your eyes and imagine another time, another world. You were born in a palace by the sea. A palace by the sea. Could it be? Yes, it's so. You rode horseback when you were only three. Horseback riding, me. Horse's name? Romeo. You threw tantrums and terrorized the cook. How the palace shook. Charming child. Wrote the book, but you'd behave when your father gave that look. Imagine how it was, your long-forgotten past. We've lots and lots to teach you, and the time is going fast. Let's see you walk, head up, regal bearing. Now, shoulders back and stand up tall, and do not walk, but try to float. I feel a little foolish. Am I floating? Like a sinking boat. You give a bow. What happens now? Your hand receives a kiss. Most of all, remember this If I can learn to do it You can learn to do it Something in you knows it There's nothing to it Follow in my footsteps Shoe by shoe You can learn to do it too Now, elbows in and sit up straight And do not slurp the stroganoff I never cared for stroganoff She said that like a Romanoff The samovar! The caviar! Dessert and then good night. Not until you get this right If I can learn to do it You can learn to do it Pull yourself together And you'll fall through it Tell yourself it's easy And it's true You can learn to do it too who is your great-grandmother? Queen Victoria. Great-great-grandmother. Uh, Princess Victoria of Saxe-Coburg-Saufeld. Your best friend is... My little brother, Alexei. Wrong! Your best friend I know who my best friend is. What a temper. I don't like being contradicted. That makes two of us. Continuing on. I've had it, and I hate you both. I'm sorry that we ever met. I'm hungry, I'm frightened, and I'm only human. Don't forget, I don't remember anything. Get out and let me be. Anya, darling, look at me. We're all frightened, well, slightly, now and then. Shall we start again? Take a breath, count to ten. You have courage and strength you barely know. So blow that little nose and dry those pretty eyes. A princess like your majesty can do this if she tries. Ready, set, go. Now, here's your great aunt Olga. How she frolics on the Volga. Oh. Your distant cousin Vanya loved his vodka. Got it, Anya? No. The Duke of Oldenburg was short. Louisa bought him. Wart. Count Sergei. Or a feathered I hear he's gotten very fat And I recall his yellow cat I don't believe we told her that If you can learn if to do I it can learn to do it, can learn to do it. Can learn to do Pull it. yourself together And we'll pull through it Tell yourself it's easy And it's true You can learn to do it Nothing to it You can learn to do it The Stroganoff, the samovar, the feathered hat, the cousin drank, the duke was short, and here a horse, and there a cat. The horse's name was Romeo, so tell me something new. Ha! Oh! 
episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.